of Serena Uniting Church. That was Matt Redman, and this is Radio Church on 4CRM Mackay, 107.5 FM. God bless you for joining with us in this broadcast of Radio Church, and I pray you'll be blessed as we worship God together and respond to His words. Let's begin with a short prayer. Our Father, we come into your presence with joy and thankfulness. We worship you, Lord in the spirit and in truth as Jesus commanded us. We want to say we love you and we say thankful that you've called us to be your children. Lord, as we hear and respond to your message today, I pray your Holy Spirit would guide and direct us. And even the words I say, Lord Jesus, in your precious name I pray. Amen. I'd like to read to you from the message version of Psalm 138. Thank you. Everything in me says thank you. Angels listen as I sing my thanks. I kneel in worship facing your holy temple and say it again. Thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your faithfulness. Most holy is your name. Most holy is your word. The moment I called out, you stepped in. You made my life large with strength. When they hear what you have to say, God, all earth's kings will say, thank you. They'll sing of what you've done. How great is the glory of God. And here's why. God, high above, sees far below. No matter the distance, he knows everything about us. When I walk into the thick of trouble, Keep me alive in the angry turmoil. With one hand, strike my foes. With your other hand, save me. Finish what you started in me, God. Your love is eternal. Don't quit on me now. Amen. And may you be blessed with the reading of God's precious word. Now we're going to hear from Michael W. Smith. He's going to sing, Open the eyes of my heart, Lord.
Michael W. Smith. You are listening to Radio Church on 4CRM Mackay. That's 107.5 FM. I'm Jeff Grant and I've called today's Bible message, Priorities of Jesus. And my text today is from Mark chapter 2 and we're looking at verses 1 through 17. Jesus here is continuing his Galilean mission, returning to Capernaum where he had healed many people. But as before, crowds came to see him, and he taught them. Verses 1 to 2 of Mark chapter 2. Here it is. A few days later, Jesus went back to Capernaum, and the news spread that he was at home. So many people came together that there was no room left, not even out in front of the door. Jesus was preaching the message to them. The ones preaching and teaching and explaining the kingdom of God was always Jesus' first activity, focus and priority. I've called this message the priorities of Jesus. In chapter 1 of Mark's gospel, I mean about from verse 30 onwards, uh, Jesus healed many people uh, and they came out the next morning to find him when he was out in the, probably down by a river somewhere praying. And Peter said, look, they're all come back to the house. And Jesus, no, I have to go on to the other towns and villages. This is why I have come. He came to teach God's message. We should never forget that. Jesus is all about sharing the message of God, the New Testament and the Old Testament. And the message of his ministry, in particular, his death on the cross for our sins, to pay for them and make us righteous in God's sight, and about the kingdom that we are now welcomed into. And the disciples taught about his resurrection. That was their major focus in their teaching. And they learned it from Jesus. Now the house in his hometown of Capernaum was filled with villagers and religious leaders. Nobody could get in or out. They were packed in tight, like virtually like sardines or herrings. The crowds may have come for miracles, as they often did, but Jesus taught them the message of God. There he was, sitting down, and people were either sitting or standing all around him as he taught, because that's the way they did it in ancient times. The teacher would sit, and many people would stand. But they were packed in tight. The crowds may have come for the miracles, as I said, but Jesus taught them the message. He would have explained that the kingdom of God had arrived with him. The Son of Man is God the Son, the Messiah, the Christ. That was his message. And they needed to have repentance of their sins, faith in him, and then obedience to the word of God. You know, the Holy Bible tells us in Romans 10, 17, that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Our activities, our behavior, our ministry, our good works may cause people to wonder but it's the word of God that will change lives. And whenever we want to share with someone who wants to question us about our faith, we need to use God's word and explain it to them. God speaks to the world in three ways, dear ones. He speaks, first of all, through his word. And secondly, he speaks through the evidence of his creation all around. And by the life and sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ. Now, when it comes to his creation, as I've said before, and it says in Romans chapter 1, 
that people have no excuse for doubting the presence of God because God has revealed it to him, to everyone through his word through and through his creation and finally through his son. God has no other plan or method to spread the message of his presence and a message of his love for a sinful mankind. Jesus Christ came to change people from being lost and cut off from God into God's redeemed, justified and beloved children. So Jesus' first priority was that he always taught the word of God. And so should we, by our life and by our lip. Let's think about that as we listen to this lovely song from Loretta Lynn, On the Wings of a Snow White Dove. Here she is. On the wings of a snow white dove sharing you a message I've called The Priorities of Jesus taken from Mark's Gospel Chapter 1 beg your pardon, Chapter 2 Chapter 1 was another time the first priority was that Jesus taught God's message his second priority was he forgave sinners he was always about forgiving sinners people who were obviously um, not welcome and knew that they were sinners I want to read to you from Mark chapter 2, verses 3 to 12. Here it is. When four men arrived, carrying a paralyzed man to Jesus. Because of the crowd, however, they could not get the man to him. So they made a hole in the roof right above the place where Jesus was. When they made an opening, 
They let the man down, lying on his mat. Seeing how much faith they had, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My son, your sins are forgiven. Some teachers of the law who were sitting there thought to themselves, How does he dare talk like this? This is blasphemy. God is the only one who can forgive sins. But at once Jesus knew what they were thinking. So he said to them, Why do you think such things? Now is it easy to say to this paralyzed man, Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, Get up, pick up your mat and walk. I will prove to you then that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, pick up your mat and go home. While they all watched, the man got up, picked up his mat and hurried away. They were all completely amazed and praised God saying, we have never seen anything like this. Beloved Jesus' first priority was to teach God's message. His second priority was to forgive sinners. He was teaching God's word. When these four men arrived and they dug a hole in the roof, some version, some uh, gospels say, they pulled the roof apart. It must have been made of, of branches or something and lowered their paralyzed friend down from the roof into the room right in front of Jesus. Everyone would have been aghast at this. But when Jesus uh, saw the faith of these four men, he said to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven. Notice, if you will, it was because of the faith of the friends that Jesus forgave him. Evidently, the four already believed in Jesus. Otherwise, they wouldn't have done this, brought their friend to him in such a dramatic way. So, of course, they were also forgiven. Now, the religious leaders present they rightly understood that only God Almighty may forgive sins. So they were absolutely incensed. They were just really annoyed with righteous or self-righteous resentment. Jesus, though, perceived and understood the objections. So then he healed the man with a command to prove his authority to forgive sins. And this absolutely flabbergasted and amazed everyone who was there. Now, dear ones, which was the greater, the healing or the forgiving? The healing is wonderful for this life, but the forgiving is powerful not only for this life, but for the next. There's no eternity without being forgiven. There's no eternity unless our sins are paid for. There's no eternity unless we believe in Jesus Christ, accept his death, totally paid for and forgave us all our sins our past sins and the ones we're currently committing, and our future sins. He was all about forgiving sins. As John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever or whoever believes in him uh, would not perish, but have eternal life. That means to be made a child of God. What a wonderful promise. What a wonderful action that Jesus' priority was to forgive sinners. Let's hear another song while we stop for a moment from Holly Dawson. She's going to sing, Lord, I give you my heart.
was Holly Dawson, and this is for CRM Mackay, 107.5 FM. Jeff Grant here, and my message I'm sharing is the priorities of Jesus. We looked at the first two. He taught God's message. That was the first one. The second one from Mark chapter 2 is he forgave sinners. And the third one is he called outcasts. Let's read the rest of this from Mark chapter 2 and verses 13 to 17. Jesus went back to the shore of Lake Galilee. A crowd came to him and he started teaching them. Here he is again. He was always teaching. That was his first and still is his first priority that we might teach people the word of God. As he walked along, he saw a tax collector, Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting in his office. Jesus said to him, follow me. Levi got up and followed him. Later on, Jesus was having a meal in Levi's house. A large number of tax collectors and other outcasts was following Jesus, and many of them joined him and his disciples at the table. Some teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw that Jesus was eating with these outcasts and the tax collectors. So they asked his disciples, why does he eat with such people? Now Jesus heard them and said, people who are well do not need a doctor, but only those who are sick. I have not come to call respectable people, but outcast. Here's Jesus' third priority in this passage from Mark chapter 2. He called outcasts. How wonderful to know that you and I were both outcasts, cut off, as it says in Ephesians 1 and 2, cut off from the kingdom of God. And yet God in his love, his grace, his mercy, and his generosity called us to be his children. But we have to remember that once upon a time we were all outcasts from God. But in particular, Jesus is calling outcasts of the community, outcasts of society, the people that society and community have rejected. Who would you think they'd be? Let's think about that. Now, as Jesus left the house where he'd healed the paralyzed man and he walked along the lake, he was met by a great big crowd. And so he, naturally he continued to teach them. Wherever he had a crowd, he taught them. And his disciples, as we read in the book of Acts, did the same thing. When he saw Matthew, or his name here is Levi, in his tax office, Jesus called him to follow along. Matthew was probably, and most likely, the most hated and despised man in Capernaum, in this town, because he collected money from his fellow Jews and well, he kept his little share of it. He kept his uh, his uh, own contributions and he gave the rest to the, to the Romans. They hated him. Everyone hated Matthew. But Matthew ended up having Jesus eating in his home, a bit like Zacchaeus. He was also a tax collector. We read about him in the Gospels. Now, there was a great crowd of outcasts there, as well as disciples and teachers of the law. They may have been in the house. They, they seemed to feel that they were welcome anywhere, these people, or they could have been standing outside. And uh, they, these teachers and Pharisees were very offended by the fact that, fact that Jesus was friendly with such sinners as these. And they, they argued with his disciples. What? In other words, Jesus should be like us. 
We only hang out with the respectable people. We only, we only associate with people like us who are uh, notable and uh, uh, well-off and not poor or people with emotional or physical or mental problems, whatever. But Jesus heard them and he said, I'm not looking for nice, righteous, respectable people. I've covered people just like these, the excluded and the unwanted. I heard a lovely story years ago that was obviously true from the person who told it to me. There was a great big church and uh, the preacher was uh, preaching away and there was an aisle right down the middle. And in the middle of his sermon, a young, um, badly dressed, dirty looking, long-haired young man walked right down. You could almost hear the, the whole congregation gasp as this young man walked down the aisle and sat right at the front on a line with the, the front pews right in front of the preacher and sat down and crossed his arms and legs. You could have heard a pin drop, although the preacher kept on preaching. And then to everyone's wonder and amazement, one of the senior elders of that church's council, an old man, an elderly man, got out of his seat, walked across to where this young man was sitting and sat down beside him, folded his arms and legs, just like he did. I didn't hear what happened after that. I didn't need to. All I can say is and understand is that that church had a glimpse of how Jesus felt about outcasts. When that elder sat down beside that young man, he was Jesus Christ in person, imitating the work of the Saviour. Can you imagine? That's what Jesus would have done. What would you have done? How many people in the church would have been horrified that such a person was disgracing their church by his presence? We, we need to come to realise that that's exactly who Jesus is listening to. You know, we have to reach out to the help, healthy, nice people who don't have any problems. We want to bring those people who are, who are distressed, who are troubled, who are homeless, who are struggling to make ends meet, who've got mental problems, who've got physical disabilities, you name it, the outcasts of our society, Jesus Christ wants us to reach out to. And in many ways, Many churches do just that. And Jesus Christ wants to remind us that he is still reaching out to sinners and outcasts with the word of God. We're not just to help them and to feed them. Of course, that may be the first priority, but we're to bring the word of God to them by our acceptance, by our love, by our grace. And you know, you and I, dear ones, are tasked to do the same. We are all in the business of showing God's love and his forgiveness to the lost among us, because that's who we used to be. If we were never lost, then we're never saved. If we didn't have sins to repent of, then we, we don't have sins to be forgiven for. We ought to realize that the mission given to every Christian is to go to the lost, the hurting, the poor, and the sinners with God's message. The Lord bless you. And now, two lovely songs for you. Firstly, from Jeff Bullock. And here is All the Mercy of God.
heard from Jeff Bulloy, one of my favourite composers. And now Stuart Townsend, he's going to sing, In Christ Alone, My Hope Is Found.
Stuart Townsend on 4CRM Mackay, 107.5 FM, and we have come to the end of our Radio Church broadcast. I'd like to review the priorities of Jesus. He taught God's message. He forgave sinners. And he called and reached out to outcast. I pray that you and I will also make those our spiritual priorities, our life priorities. Here's our closing doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures, here below. Praise him above, you heavenly host. Praise Father, Son and Holy Ghost. Now, beloved, I finish now with a final song of praise. Graham Kendrick on Radio Church on 4 Sourin Mackay, 107.5 FM. Lead me to the cross of Jesus. God bless you until we meet again. Goodbye. Far away.